And we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of CTL Speaks. Ah, I just remembered something. One second. Hold on. I forgot to do this. I wanted to start the episode like... That was it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of CTL Speaks. This is your co-host, your host for the day, Alvin Johnson. And I am joined by two of the directors uh, for our 46th season plays. We have Marie Fox, who will be directing Clue with us this season, and Tara Deljonovan, who will be directing uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. How are you? Oh, fantastic. I couldn't be in a beautiful Saturday morning. I don't have school, even though it's coming shortly, and it makes me kind of want to cry a little bit. We're all teachers. (laughs) Tara, how are you doing today? Tara? I'm sorry, you cut out. I didn't hear your question. That's okay. I just asked how you are. Oh, I am well. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Good to be here. Good, I'm glad. All right, we are. Hello, Kaylee Woods. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for watching. Hey, Kaylee. We are hello, gonna. Kaylee. Good morning. <laughs> we are gonna get this episode started. Oh, I should say to the audience who's watching, we are recording this live. So, hello, welcome into CTL Speaks. Uh, as you have questions, again, as I said, um, I said this beforehand, but Derek uh, Scott, who is directing. Uh, cat on a hot tin roof for us this season was not able to make it unfortunately uh, he got caught up with work and wasn't able to join with us today but if you do have any questions audience who are watching live uh, for Marie or for Tara about their productions about anything you want to know about the audition process or whatever comes up if you have a question feel free to throw it into the comments um, and we will address them hopefully near the end of the episode so if I don't throw your comment up on the screen please don't be offended uh, I just want to cover all the questions at the same time that way we're not losing our track of conversation uh, but please feel free to flood the comments uh, and let us know your thoughts and what you're excited for and any questions you may have for the plays of the upcoming 46th season so let's get this thing started uh, we're gonna start with Tara who is directing as I said miracle on 46th 34th Street. Wow. Um, (laughs) Can you give us a brief overview of what this play is about? If anyone somehow doesn't know what it is or what it's about, can you just give us a brief synopsis of the play? Absolutely. So Miracle on 34th Street is the story of a gentleman who ends up being a Macy's store Santa Claus and he kind of bucks conventionalism and commercialism and even like tells parents where what other stores they can go to get better deals for for gifts for their children and eventually he ends up in a competency hearing um and it's it's you know is he the real santa claus or isn't he and there's a uh, at the center of the story is is at stake a little girl's belief in christmas and 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 santa claus and it's just a really heartwarming uh wonderful tale for the holiday season that was such a nice synopsis. Was that the IMDb uh, little explanation there? I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just me speaking off the cuff. <laughs> I'll tell you what, she's, she's an eloquent lady there, Tara. Thank you so much. Marie, can you give uh, a little heads up? I mean, I'm sure everyone knows what Clue is, but they might not know what the play is about. So can you give us a brief synopsis about Clue, the play? Sure. Um, it's actually neat because um, Clue, the musical, came out before Clue, the play. And Clue, the actual non-musical show, has been 
um, adapted and changed um, quite a bit, actually. And it is still uh, the whole idea of the mansion and uh, there are people in the mansion and uh, there's, you know, Wadsworth, the butler, who is trying to keep things going throughout the whole thing. So it is very campy. So it's it's very uh, much of a comedy. But there are murders that happen in the the main characters, you know, Professor Plum, just like the game, Professor Plum, you know, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, you know, all the, the normal characters from the game are in there and they're trying to help solve the mystery of basically the Mr. Body who died. And then in the process, other characters die. And I won't tell you who, but if you've ever seen the, if the, if you've ever seen the movie, you know that other characters die. In the game, you know, it, different characters can die and it changes. So the play is really based on um, all this uh, silliness that ensues as they're running from room to room and trying to figure out and gather clues to figure out who is the actual murderer and how they're going to get out of that mansion alive. So it's a little spooky, but it's actually more fun than anything else. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Marie. <laughs> that um so because i have you two here um this is a general question whoever wants to jump in first um what excites you the most about your particular production so for tara miracle on 34th street for marie um for clue what what is the most exciting thing about doing this show for you as a director I think for me, uh, the most exciting thing is going to be um, capturing that that nostalgic air of you know childhood innocence and that childhood belief in Santa Claus. I'm really interested in revisiting that, particularly because the show I directed last season was so heavy. This is like a vacation, and I, I'm really excited because the the Christmas season and, and and all of the other religious holidays in the winter is is really a special time for me. And I know it means a lot to everyone else. So I just hope to give everybody a little bit of extra Christmas cheer or, or whatever holiday you, you celebrate uh, during the month of December. So I'm looking forward to that. For me, um, I, it's always this mixed bag. And I'll tell you why. Uh, whenever I choose a show or whenever I'm directing a show that other people know about, there's always this thing that I'm thinking there's people are going to be challenging. Is it going to be like the movie or is it going to be like what I expect? So there's always that in there. And um, there's also the piece that um, I want to create and, and show maybe a different side that they didn't already know of or didn't think of in the past. Um, Clue is I've directed it before. It's a bear of a show because you have to, actually have this mansion somehow on stage and you have to be able to make the characters go very quickly through everything. So I, I guess I'm excited for the challenge and it's also just a super fun show. This script is the adaptation is just, it's, it's really fun. It is. And, and I think it was well done. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm also a little scared <laughs> on our stage. How I'm going to do this, but Again, right. I'm a challenge. That's actually it's, it's great that you brought that up because that leads directly into my next question for you, Marie. Um, you said you've said it already. You've already directed this show once at Williamsport, um, yeah. and now you are in Williamsport High School, and now you are directing it at CTL and on our main stage. So, what do you expect to be the biggest challenge specifically for you um, when it comes to doing this production again? Because again, like you. When you directed it the first time, I'm sure you thought that everything you did was exactly what you were supposed to do and exactly how it was supposed to look and feel. And so how do you kind of 
do it differently? How, do, how does it look different for you? How does that process as a director go for you in terms of staging a show you've already done before um, and trying to flip it for a new audience and for new perspectives and, and, and adding new ideas? Um, that's actually a really good question. And people always say that to me. Why do you want to direct a show you already directed? And I've done that with Miracle Worker and I've done that with It's a Wonderful Life. And I've done it with um, other shows, you know, musical and non-musical shows and in different venues. And I always, I like it because it allows me, it honestly becomes fresher. That's the whole thing for me with live theater, why I love it so much. Um, it becomes, it. it's just I, it's new and different every time. And for me, I, if you've ever been on the William in, 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 with Clue in particular, if you've ever been on the Williamsport stage, that stage is huge, huge. It is. And so I was able to stage every room of the mansion on that stage mm. somewhere. And in fact, I did it on purpose because the stage is so big <laughs> that I needed to fill it with otherwise it would have, the actors would have been drowned in darkness. So you know, this time that is my largest challenge right now, I will tell you, is trying to make it work. And I'm trying to think of a creative way that maybe we haven't thought of before to have all of them, but not all of them at the same time, rooms wise. And I'm even thinking about, I don't know, I have some tricks up my sleeve. I won't really say yet because I want to see if they're going to work or not. But, um, but that is, it, it's, it's fun to try to create this new way of looking at it for an audience. And then of course you're also terrified. Usually what if they don't like it? What if, what if this doesn't work what I'm thinking? And, you know, but I guess that's the whole idea of being a director. That's what happens every show you do. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen till the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Clue is such an interesting challenge. And thank you for that perspective, because especially in our area, Clue is very quickly becoming one of those shows that everyone is doing. I mean, Marie, you just did it a couple of years ago. Yeah. We, had, we had three area schools this year, this past school year, do Clue. Shiklemi, Montoursville, and uh, Muncie. All oh, you know did, what? All did um, Clue this Montgomery season. also did it. And Montgomery. So we had, we had uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was it Mon well, Did Montoursville also do it? Yes. We had four. Yeah. One, like, yeah. All at Montgomery one time. Doesn't, they, they weren't involved in Ray of Late, so I think gotcha. that might be why. Yeah. Gotcha. So with, with so many people having seen it and so many people loving the productions and, and, and wanting to come out and see it, I mean, it, it is certainly a challenge. Um, and then Tara, the same question kind of to you. I know, I don't think you've directed Miracle on 34th Street before, but being again that this is such a, a, a well-known name you know what kind of fears or, or trepidation do you have towards this particular production um i actually have have never directed this before but i have directed um two holiday shows that are kind of in the same vein i i used to direct at my high school and i did it's a wonderful life one year and another year i did a christmas story the play version and it's kind of the same situation with the miracle on 34th street a lot of people are so familiar with this film but I, I, I want to disregard the, the film. That's not our that's not our, our canon. That's not our text. Our, our text is in the script. And, and so if I have uh, people in the cast that haven't seen the film, I'm going to request that they don't watch it until the show mm -hmm. opens because I don't want that to color their interpretation because like Marie was saying, you know, it's it, live theater. It's, it's a different show every night. 
um, and, and different actors see different things within their characters and bring those different aspects to life. Um, and, you know, if you if you and someone else were cast for the same role um, and traded off, you know, like uh, famously Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley did with True West a number of years ago on Broadway, your interpretation is going to be different, even though the text is the same. Right. So, so I'm looking forward to um, building our show from the ground up and you know, people are familiar with the story, obviously, but I want them to find new things or find different things to focus on in the script, in the text that they maybe didn't think about before or consider um, or, or see in a, a slightly different perspective. So, so that's what I'm looking forward to doing. That, that has to be, thank you, Tara, that has to be such an interesting, and, and it's a particularly large challenge for the, both of you, as you both have said so eloquently. I mean, we have these two titles that are so, so popular in the area and in pop culture, you know, people have these expectations and they know exactly what they think should be done or how this character should play. And Tara, you said it, you know, you, you're, you would encourage the actors who come to audition and who will eventually do get cast in this production uh, not to watch the the movie because it will color their their thinking and they'll think, oh, I have to make those choices. And I think we've all seen kind of that happen sometimes um, and so how do you, how do you approach that as a director? This is for both of you. Um, if you've seen someone do something that you thought was fantastic in a role. So if you've watched the movie in Miracle of 34th street and you just said, Oh man, that, that guy really did something that I loved. I'm going to use that. Or if I've seen a particular actor play the role of Wadsworth in Clue, I really want to use that accent. I really want to use that interpretation of how they did that. How do you go about coaching your cast into removing that lens and, and becoming their own character? I, I experienced uh, a, a little bit of this um, last season. I directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and, and the movie, of course, is, is so famous. And at auditions, both night at auditions, I said to the actors, I'm not looking for Jack Nicholson. I'm not looking for Louise Fletcher. I want to see what you bring to the role. Um, and, and just because you see a famous interpretation or, or, or a not so famous, but it stuck with you, you know, kind of resonated with you, that doesn't mean that for the way that you build the character, it's going to ring true. And for me as a director, I think being truthful on stage is, is one of the most important things for the production. So I would encourage... Um, the person, you know, if you really were inspired by this, think about, well, what did you like about it? What resonates with you? And then maybe we can talk about how can we kind of marry some of the things that you liked with what you've already been doing in the rehearsal and maybe go from there. Um, but I, I don't want to see someone parroting another person's performance for sure. And I 100% agree with Tara. I, I will tell, in fact, whether I'm directing the high school or community theater or wherever, I tell my actors I don't want them to watch the film. And that's that's been in any show I've ever directed. And there is a challenge sometimes where, you know, I, in fact, I won't rewatch the film right before I direct something. I may have seen it before, but I won't rewatch it right now. Mm -hmm. And what I, I will do then is when I'm, you know, thinking of a role and when I'm even holding auditions, I look for, um, who I think could play the role and who has chemistry with the other actors because together they're going to make the show great and they're going to make the characters come to life. So it's, 
if there is a certain way that I want a, a role to be played, then I, for me, with my actors, it's a very, it's a give and take. And I will not, in fact, anybody who's ever worked in a show with me will tell you that I'll say I'm not a, a, a dictator or a puppeteer, I'm a director. So I'm not going to tell you, this is how I want this played right now. I'm gonna tell you to play and have fun with it. And then I'm gonna say, what if, and I'll ask questions that might hopefully point them in a direction that I'd like to see it go. And sometimes the actors come up with something that I wasn't even thinking of, but works better than an idea I may have been leaning towards. So it, it, it's for me a fun process. And I've learned so much through directing. Uh, um, the, the different actors I've been lucky enough to work with have been, have taught me so much about people and I've learned to be patient. And I've learned even when I'm in a show, you know, it's funny, I, I try to to create like that too. And I tried to to quiet my director voice then and my director, you know, head. But it is, it really is this this idea of of finding the right thing for those people in that moment at that time. Yeah. Wow. It actually, it's so funny how this conversation is going, because I told you beforehand, I, I have questions that I want to ask, and we're just segueing perfectly into each one of them. And I promise, audience, I did not share my notes with these wonderful people. I, I just, it just happens to be that way. And so <laughs> as we look as directors, and I'm so thankful to have been able to direct my first show at CTL um, with The Little Mermaid in the last season, um, but it, it's it's always such an interesting thing because like we don't want to parrot um, the actors and the choices that actors have made, but we also don't want to want to parrot things that we've seen. And so when I was going into The Little Mermaid, I tried so hard not to look at a bunch of other productions because I didn't want to steal or mm. borrow things that I, I just wanted the ideas to be my own. Um, mm. The only thing I did steal that I can I, I will give him credit because that's my man, Russ Wynn. Thank you so much for doing the Little Mermaid. I actually got the opportunity to work with Russ um, on that production when he did it at Milton High School several years ago. The moving boat and kiss the girl was totally stolen from him. So if you that saw it, from me, it was the one thing I went into the production knowing that I wanted. I didn't think I was going to get it, but I did. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, everyone that made that happen because it was my favorite part of the show. Um, yes. But when we're looking at a production, so when you go into the, the casting room, when you go into your first rehearsal, as directors, do you already have an idea of the story and how you want it to play out? Do you already know what you want your set to look like? Do you already know exactly where you want people to move and people to react? And is that a thought that you go into or, or is that kind of just a let's see how things play out? What's that like for each of you? For me, I, I'll jump in first here. I, I probably am different than a lot of directors and in that I don't, I don't plot out my every move ahead of time. And that might make some people very nervous. But for me, um, yes, I have a general idea. I look at my script. I make notes to myself. But I don't, I, I'm not so rigid. Like I'm saying my set's going to be this exact way and everything. I, I go in with a general idea. And honestly, I'm really big on this. When I meet with my production team before I ever have auditions, I, you know, I'm, I'm the director, but I'm not the designer. I'm not the, I'm not the builder. I'm not my costume, you know, uh, it, I'm not creating the costumes as my costume mistress or master or, you know, or 
that whole costume costume team wardrobe team is doing. So I I want to see the ideas they're bringing to it. And then I'll tell them some things that I might be thinking. And then they'll say, hey, well, I was also thinking this. And I'm like, I love it. Let's do this. Let's try it. So I, I can't say that you go in with no idea. Um, I go in with an idea, but I definitely go in with an open mind. And even when I'm uh, casting a show, my production team is there. And I'll talk to them very candidly throughout the whole process and say, you know, what do you see? Talk to me about what you're thinking on your end. How does it work with the, the actors who've auditioned and you know, how, do, how are we going to play this whole thing out? So that's just my approach, but, and I don't know if that really answered your question fully, but, um, but I don't have a complete intact map. That's exactly the way I'm going to do it at the start. No. Tara. Yeah, I, I definitely come in with an idea of the set, but I'm always open to discussions and, and suggestions and ideas. Um, I, I trust um, Jerry and I, you know, I trust whoever I bring on to do costumes and of course, Phil with, with all the technical elements. Um, as far as the blocking for the show, the movement of the show, I'm, I'm very much like Marie where I, I have some general ideas, um, but I, tell the actors you know, this is this is a collaboration mm -hmm. so I want you to play around and see what feels right for your character and if we do it one or two times and it feels right tonight but it doesn't feel right the next time we run the scene and you want to change it that's great you know like there will be certain moments that I might want to happen in certain places or certain things to go on but I would say you know 90 to 95 percent of, of what you end up seeing in the final product um, the actors you know um, helped me or came up with um, because we're all telling the story together. Right. Yeah, now, I don't, I don't think you can be rigid as a director. I don't, I, I just, that's just not my belief. I mean, I, maybe some people could argue with me and say, Oh yes, you can. Um, but I, I, I just, I think that in all the shows, the different types of shows that I've done, the things that have come out of it, I've really been, and, and I will tell you this too, in the same vein, I've worked with actors who said to me, just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I'll say to them, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not, I won't. And then they'll get frustrated and, we, and we'll work that out together. And they'll say, well, yeah, I'm just used to someone telling me where they want me to move exactly when they want me to do it. And I said, you know, it, for me, I want it to be organically. I want it to come out of of what you're doing. If I map it out exactly, and it doesn't make sense to you, then it won't make sense to the audience. Mm. And, you know, for me, set wise, so many times Seth will come, you know, to the meeting too, and he'll be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And then, and we'll combine the idea. And then I'll say to Jerry, what about this? Can we do this? And then he'll say, well, what about that? And then we end up making the idea come to, you know, just by talking it out together. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I should have written this down. I had a question as we were talking, and now I completely forget what it was going to be. Uh, so while I think about that, we'll go to Kaylee Woods' question she posted earlier. Uh, do you wish you could be on stage with your actors for the show that you are producing? Is there ever a moment for you when you're when you're in the middle of it and you're just like, man, I really wish I could play X, Y, Z. I really wish I could do that part right there. Has that ever happened to you? Well, for me, I'll tell you, I, I was a performance major in college first. And when they told me I had to take a directing class, I was like, what? Why would I do that? <laughs> and I ended up, it, it's funny how my career went. 
I ended up directing far more shows than I've been in now. And um, although I had a really cool experience, I was able to be in a show with my son, uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs. I got to play his mom on stage and that was really, really cool experience for me. But um, there are times when it, I think it would be fun to be in a show, but I don't want to direct myself. Mm. So I don't know that I'd want to be in the show I'm directing, mm. but I, I do think that there are times, yes, where you're looking at something and you're thinking, man, it'd be fun to play this. <laughs> like Tara, I got to tell you, Nurse Ratchet is a, my, was on my bucket list. I almost, but I didn't come to your audition. It was my, you know. I, I, yes, I remember that you were planning on it, and then then things happened, was, and, you, and you weren't able to show up. Yeah, I'm sorry, it didn't work. And you had an amazing cast. Your show was fabulous. Absolutely. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that honestly, I almost hope that no women showed up so I could play that role. Yeah. <laughs> However, one time when I was. Directing in high school, so I did the show with my kids and it was very, very stressful. Yes, it was fun, but it was very stressful. I would not want to be in a show that I was directing, but there are absolutely, there've been times, you know, when you've been in the thick of, of the rehearsal process and you're just loving the script so much, it's like, well, maybe I'll put this on my bucket list or, mm. or, or, or you know, my list of roles that should the opportunity uh, bring itself to me years from now, I will gladly play this role. But, uh, no, I would not want to be in a show that I have directed. No, at the same time. <laughs> I, I can say the same. And because I only have one experience doing it, uh, it's really easy for me to say. I mean, I would have loved to do the dancing in Under the Sea. I love choreography. Um, and Kizzy Gula, my uh, choreographer extraordinaire, she did a fantastic job with Under the Sea. Every time I see any of my castmates, anytime I see anyone who was a part of the production, we have a particular dance move. I'll save it for, for in person, uh, but there's a particular dance move that we all love that every time we see each other, it is just our calling card. Um, and I, and now I want to use it in every show I ever get a chance to do. Or, <laughs> it definitely won't. In your bag of tricks. <laughs> it's definitely not going to work. In, it didn't work in Chicago. I don't think it's going to work in Newsies, but uh, we'll see for the next one. <laughs> um uh, there was something else I was going to say, but I can't think of what that was going to be. So we're going to take a really quick, quick break uh, and hear from our sponsor, Anchor, and we will be right back. And we're back. So uh, we are getting to the fun portion of the show. We've talked about each of our productions. We've asked a lot about a, a lot of questions. Um, and if you do have more questions, audience, feel free to throw them in the comments. Let us know what questions you have. But now I have some very fun questions for Marie and for Tara. So let's see how you do. This is called Fast Five. Okay. So I have five questions that you both will answer. And your answer should just be the first thing that comes to the top of your head. But if you have to think about it, that's okay, too. There's there's no gun to your head or anything. Feel free to take the time to think if you need it. Uh, so here we go. Here is question number one. We're going to keep this uh, all play-related because you both are directing plays this season. Um, what is your favorite play? That's a weird question. <laughs> I know. I, I got that last week, too. <laughs> I would say for me, um, it's always in the top. I, Miracle Worker will always be near and dear to my heart. Always. 
And I've directed that one three times. So (laughs) for sentimental reasons, I will say Tuesdays with Maury, which which I did get to direct in the studio theater, but it it has special meaning for me. Awesome. All right. Next question. You really if you didn't like me on that one, you're really going to hate me for the next one. What is or who is because this is a, a kind of a two part question. You, you, I'll give you an out and be able to choose your approach. What is, in your opinion, remember this is just your opinion, the most overrated play or overrated playwright? Oh, <laughs> I don't know about overrated, but overdone. Maybe um, I feel like our town gets gets done to death. I mean, maybe not so much now in in twenty in the twenty twenties, but uh, back when I was young, starting out my theater theatrical career, it was just our town all over the place. And I don't know. I feel like that's. I think I feel like it's overdone. I don't think overrated, but overdone. Yeah, I have a, a hard time with this. I don't know that I there's an overrated, um, again, because I feel like every time you do a show, it's a little different. So I kind of approach it differently. Um, it, you know, our town, I just want to talk about that for a minute. That's done like everywhere in the world. And it's some, some kind of record for being the most done non-musical play or something like that in the world. Yeah. But um, I, I always... I, that show is a, is a heavy drama and is, is difficult to, to, you know, to make an audience really come alive for. Yeah. So I think that that's a difficult show. Um, yeah. I don't know that I have an answer. I may have to pat. I really don't know that there's an overdone. Um, some people might argue clue right now. So <laughs> I'm going to put my tongue on it. Um, and I think people say that about, shows like um a christmas carol that's also one of my faves like i would do a christmas carol i've directed that show three times i would do it again and again and again but there are people who would tell you oh it's done everywhere it's so overdone well that's like it, um i've seen uh, midsummer night's dream i've probably seen a dozen and that's conservative um estimate a dozen different productions of midsummer and everyone has been a different concept a different approach so, so some might just, you know, some might be inclined to say Shakespeare is overdone or Shakespeare is overrated. I don't know. But you can always find a, a new approach to a show. Yeah, I agree. Sure. All right. Question number three. Well, we talked about the overrated. So naturally, we got to go to the underrated. In your opinion, what is the most underrated play or who is the most underrated playwright in your opinion? Wow. Underrated. Uh one that you think just deserves, you know, a little bit more recognition. Hmm. I don't know. There's tons of undeserving playwrights out, you know, playwrights <laughs> out there that, that haven't gotten the recognition they deserve, but I don't know about most underrated. Yeah, it's hard to pick a most underrated. Um, because, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I had difficulty. I'll talk about a show I directed, Flowers for Algernon. Um, I loved the show. It was a heavy, heavy, lots of dialogue show. But I think that's a show that some people don't like because it is so heavy. And that's another one that was a movie. You know, it was the movie Charlie. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it just, I think that there was so much in that I learned from that show, but I think there are people who don't rate that as very, as a show they like very much. Um, so I, I don't know. I'd have to think of these questions longer. I don't know. There's, there's a really great old show from, I believe the 1920s by Carol Capick and it's called RUR, which stands for Rossum's Universal Robots. And when I was in graduate school, my friend directed a production of it. And um, he, he had a very, um, our, our professor um, was a student of Oscar Brockett, who's a very famous theater historian. Mm-hmm. And Oscar Brockett came to my friend's production. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kevin proudly said, I have directed the most, the best production of RUR that Oscar Brockett's ever seen because it was the first time he'd ever seen it performed. <laughs> and I love the show so much. I actually directed it with my high school kids. Um, and I think, I think that's a show that, that should get more recognition in modern times dealing with uh, autonomy and, you know, and um, you know, what makes you, what makes you human. Um, so I think that'll be my answer is Boston's universal robots. Mm-hmm. Good answer. All right. Question number four. Two more to go. Question number four. What is your dream role in a play? So if you could step on the stage somewhere, anywhere, and be anyone. Okay. I'm going to stare right into the camera because I know Seth is going to be watching this later on. And I had already emailed him about this show. I want it to be done. My dream role is, I think, uh, in a play would be Annie Wilkes in Misery. Um, That was the first professional show I ever worked on. And it's such a meaty role and I want to do it. So Seth, think about it for a future season, Misery. (laughs) Um, For me, um, I already got a chance to do one of them. It was Kate in uh, a Brighton Beach memoir. She was one of the roles I've always wanted to play. So it was cool. the other thing I, do, I told you earlier, Nurse Ratched, man, it's on the list. It is on the list. I just I want to play, <laughs> I wanna play a, a meaty kind of almost like a villainous character. I think that an evil, it's, there's something to that. There's something to the challenge of that. Um, so and I, some people might say it's not that much of a challenge for me, but because of being mean, no, I don't know. But I just think it's, there's something to that, to play something like that. Um, other than that, I think I've always, my son and I both love the show, Little Shop of Horrors, man, it'd be, it would have been cool to be Audrey, but I've far out aged that. So that, (laughs) that, that, that's just a, that's just a great show. That that is is, one of my favorite shows. You asked me my favorite musical. I'm going to tell you that. On my my bucket list. Oh, I love it. Love it. All right. And the last question of Fast Five, we have Dream Play. To direct, what is a show that is on your bucket list of shows that you would love to direct that you've never had the chance to do before? I think on that one, too. Um, I don't know that I have a specific title, but anything from Sam Shepard or Wendy Wasserstein, hmm. Paula Vogel. Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer right now for that either. Um, I'd have to think. Um, I've been lucky enough at CTL and in um, other parts of my career to direct a lot of the shows I've wanted to do. 
Um, so it's, I don't know, I guess I'd have to think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I used to think it was The Crucible because I that's another show that's done a lot. But I was in The Crucible two different times, played two different roles. And I always thought, yeah, I'm going to drag that show someday. And I didn't. Um, I never have. It's weird. But uh, so I, I don't know. I had to think on that. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Marie and Tara, for all these wonderful answers. I am very excited to get to the next segment, and we will be back in just a few seconds. Um, but I have a very special segment that we are going to continue here on CTL Speaks. We have a performance for you guys. Uh, our 46th season here at CTL kicks off with a musical. It is Newsies, uh, and we have our very own Jack Kelly. Well, it's the character from the show, of course, if you know Newsies. But Spencer Millay, as Jet Kelly, is here with us today. And he is going to be performing uh, Santa Fe, one of the most popular songs from the show. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Spencer Millay as Jack Kelly singing Santa Fe. Folks, we finally got a headline. Newsies crushed his bulls attack. She's calling me, don't crib, she's too damn slow. Guys are fighting, bleeding, falling, thanks to good old Captain Jack. Captain Jack just wants to close his eyes and go! Someone else's sake If their life don't seem to suit ya How about a change of scene Fall from the lousy headlines And the deadlines in between Santa Fe, my old friend I can't spend my whole life dreaming Though I know that's all I seem inclined I ain't getting any younger And I wanna stop brand new I need space and fresh air Let them laugh in my face I don't care Save my place Be there Just be real That's all I'm asking 
got some pain in my head Cause I'm dead if I can't count on you today I got nothing if I ain't got Yes, Spencer. Right hit that note, man. <laughs> Shout out to Amanda Haney and Phil Haney, our technical operations director. Amanda Haney, who is the music director for Newsies. Thank you so much for helping us with that performance. Um, tickets for Newsies are on sale beginning August 1st. Our Flex tickets are on sale now for all main stage shows this season. And for audition information about our shows, um, Miracle on 34th Street auditions are on October 9th and 10th. Auditions for Clue are December 18th and 19th, and auditions for Cat on the Hot Chin Roof are February 19th and 20th. We will uh, make sure to have Derek on another episode here in the future so he can talk about that show. Tara and Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you had a great time. Uh, this has been another episode of CTL Speaks with your host of the day, Alvin Johnson. Marie and Tara, thank you again so much. Thank have you. a great day, everyone. Thanks.